An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. What's poppin'? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell there. Raja, um, I knew it was the end of Thanksgiving because you had all of the videos of your kids doing great things. And I just want (laughs) to know... Like, Roger doesn't say hello on the group checks before shows. He doesn't. This is what he does. This is what Roger Bell does. Roger will say a link, right? Just send that link. Not even send that link. Link, right? Or And then afterwards, he sends two videos of his kids. That's basically how Roger says hello to us. And yeah. um, I just, and he showed a video of one of his, um, of his, of my, my fave, my fave bell, um, Ty Bell, who's just unequivocally my fave of, of the bell children. And then, uh, and then, and then of him just, 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 he just got a jump shot over the summer and it's just ridiculous. He's doing great. And then he like makes a lot of jumpers. And then you got Dia dunking the ball, um, dunking after he somehow like challenged you and said, pops, I'm a dunk it. And you were like, no, you ain't dunking nothing. And then he dunks it in your face, basically. So, that's a preview of all of the Thanksgiving. So I guess that's a roundabout way to th- say, how was your Thanksgiving, bud? How was it? Man, it was it was a really good low-key Thanksgiving. And most people who have kids and have gotten to this mid-ish life understand, bro, like they're the best things that I've ever done, bro. So like I ooze with pride off of all of my youngins. You know what I mean? Like watching them and being on the field, like yesterday was cool because – it was a Sunday. We didn't really have any games. So, you know, mom and I wasn't shuttling, pe- shuttling people from game to game. So I got to really be on the basketball court with Ty. I got to spend some time with Zen and take him to Dick's and, you know, do some stuff. And then, Did you get socks? No, nah, we didn't get no socks. We looked at the socks. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we didn't okay. get any. And then I got to be on the football field, like, with Dia and Ty and, and, and shoot a bit with Zen. So, like, it, it's just what I do, bro. It's like... 
You know, it used to be, man, I like to be out and we're going out to dinners and we got shit yeah. popping. And now my favorite times are like hanging out with the kids and, and I had a little date with my wife. So my Thanksgiving was great. Damn, Yours. dog. That's what's up. My, my, my Thanksgiving was great, too. If only because it's the first time I've been able to chill and relax for Important. the first time in a few, right? Like, I don't have kids yet, but, you know, just go out and see family who, like, you I, you know, I went out to the Stockton area, saw some cousins and stuff, and then went, did my rounds in Oakland. Shout out to the Sneeds. And then, um, man, Miss Sneed, shout out to Mrs. Sneed because she gave, she... Just like, you know, one of those old school, just black women who just fucking like make the, like the biscuits are made with care. You know, when you, when you, when you come up to the crib and it's just that she, she just, she gave us just a, just the, the onion biscuits, which were phenomenal. The sweet potato pie, dude, the, I'm just, I'm, I have the itis just thinking about it. So that's basically was, that was what, what was popping with my Thanksgiving. That was what I was on. That was what I was locked in on. When, if you're saying like two things over Thanksgiving that would, for me, be descriptive of the perfect Thanksgiving, it would be a meal like that and a, and, yeah. a, and a time like that. And then just on some straight chill mode, which is the two things I'm looking for over Thanksgiving, man. That sounds like a, a good time. It was a good time, man. You know where the good times are rolling right now, Roger? Oh, don't do it. <laughs> You're going to do it. You did it. You fucking did it. <laughs> good times are rolling now in Golden State, Roger. <laughs> they are 11 and 10. Um, they're they're on a bit of a on, a on a bit of a run. I don't have the winning streaks in front of me right now, guys. I don't have all of that. This is we're just this is a vibes conversation, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm. This is this is the vibes conversation. They're doing really well right now, um, back above five hundred, eleven and ten. But no, it goes back to a previous discussion that me and you were having. I think last week, Rob, when we were talking about the Warriors, and you were like, Logan, this is this is Roger's words. Logan, calm down, relax. It's like. 10, 15 games into the season. We'll see how they do 20 or so games into the season. And it got me thinking about not only the Warriors, but the rest of the league. And this has just been a weird time, a weird start to the league for a number of franchises in terms of record. You know, you talk about the Utahs and and they're coming back down to form, but also like, you know, the Cavaliers figuring their stuff out. And it got me wondering, like, when can I really understand what a team is, Raja? Like, how long do I give? Because we're in this in this league where there's there's I feel like teams are judged by three times, right? The nationally televised game and the beginning of the season, where honestly is a ter terrible barometer. And I think around Christmas is when they're when they're also judged, and then right after the All Star break is like the three times where you kind of see what a team is. Where do you? Where can we finally see where these teams are going into form, and and what can what can we get, take from the Warriors' start? Well, I've always I've always said that roughly, in and about a quarter of the season to a third of the season in, is when you can really get a clear picture of what you're working with. You know what 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 pieces work. Um, what this what the ceiling could be for the team like you, you know like you you start to get a, a a much clearer picture people have played their way into shape if they weren't in shape usually that that hangover that a team can have after a championship i would say golden state for one reason or another would fall into that like if you've had a long stretch of playoff runs uh, and people are fatigued that's usually worn off and you're into you're back into the flow and, and into the swing of things and so 
that's typically when it is. And then that would be, you know, barring obviously any major move, roster move, or any catastrophic injury or combination of the two that could completely change the complexion of your team. But I think I think a quarter of the way to a third of the way in, you start to see what a team really is, like who they are and and what they're about. And um, I think Golden State falls into the category, Logan. They had a lot going on. And I, while I told you to, to chill and relax on them, I also was, was, was uh, you know, pretty frank in my feelings about how the distractions that took place right before the season started could affect a team like that if they got into a funk, making it much harder to get out of something like that because of vibes being low and, and general kind of uh, mistrust and amongst other things. And so I think that they had a lot to navigate to start the season. Um, and so they'll probably be closer to that maybe third way through the third of the way through the season. Like we're going to, you see them start to round into form. They've been there. They've done that. They've got great coaches. They've got great players. Um, and there's a lot to be said for understanding what it takes to, to be a championship level team. And, and if you know what it takes, well, you might not have it right now, but you can, you can maybe find your way back to that. How much of it, um, well, especially for Golden State, right, where they're the they're the their biggest team in the league. They're like they are throwback to like it's like when you go with the Warriors, it's really like going with a rock band, right? They they have so much attention on them. Whenever you're you know you're around them, you can just feel propaganda, the the vibes, all of that. When you're around the Warriors, how much of like getting into how much do they need to just get into the season, right? Because the first week. Or what you saw with with Draymond and Jordan, um, and then you know that goes right into ring night, which is a huge spotlight on your team. And then the couple of weeks after that, now they're just you know they're going on the road, they're playing like the Minnesotas, they're they're the eye the you know the eyes of of the sports consciousness. And me and you are know this. It's football right now. It's the end of the college football season, end of the uh, about to get to the end of the NFL season. You know, eyes are other places. How much does that help a team who's going through something like that with the infrastructure that they have? Um, I think it's I think it's important, and it can be helpful for a lot of teams to just get into doing what you do and forget about all the rest of the stuff that that is going on around you before the season starts. There's time in your life for a lot of distraction. Not mm. that you're seeking distraction, but you have the time to engage if you wanted to, or, yeah. you know, it could seep in, even if you don't want it to, to, you don't want to engage. Like there's so much downtime that it's going to creep in. It's going to come to a crevice eventually, right? There's distraction. Yeah. Once, once we start hitting the, the full road schedules and we're out and we're playing, you know, I don't know, forgive me. It's been a decade since I played in the league, but whatever amount of games you get to play in so many days on the road now, whatever that looks like. And we're traveling from city to city and we're getting in late um, and we're sleeping in and we're having a breakfast meeting. And we're, once you hit that and it becomes a habit, like that becomes what your body is used to doing by then. And you click into that mode. There's yeah. less time for the distraction. There's you're less time in. for the noise. You're locked in. You're just riding that wave that you ride every year. So you start to hit your stride. You start to emotionally connect to it and, and it can be what you need at times to, to, to really focus, you know? And, and, and so some teams uh, I've been on teams where that wasn't necessarily the case, but really good teams, teams with stars. Sometimes you need that. Cause like, to your point, there's so much going on around it. You know, like when we went, when I was with the Sixers and I traveled, you know, with Allen Iverson and he was a rock star, um, 
I didn't, I, I mean, on the court, I envied Allen Iverson because I mean, he was, he was the MVP of the league. I mean, he did things that no one could do, but I always watched how many people were pulling at him and how many people wanted time, not, not financial or anything like that, but just moments of time. And there are only so many in a day. I didn't envy that. I thought that had to be exhausting. I was like, wow, man, that's a, that's a lot. It would be hard to do that and then go out and do what he's doing on the court. Um, and so sometimes just getting out there on the road and hoping and, and, and being with your teammates and stuff can, can kind of shield you from that. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. I want to want to play a, a game of – I'm just going to throw teams out, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and we're just going to go all vibes. I just want to – we're not going to go off numbers. We're not going to do all – just the vibe that you see following the league. I'm just going to throw you some teams, and we're going to see if their record, you know, matches their raps. So um, I want to go with uh, – I want to go with the Miami Heat right now, right, who are conversely 10, of, 10 and 11 and have had some big wins, but also just – not the type of season you would want after the season you had last year, you know, going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, what is your vibe check on the, on the Miami Heat? And where do you think that they're going to go? You're in the Miami area. You know what's up. What's, what, do you, what, do you, what is your vibe? What, 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 do you, what do you think about what, what's, what's going on with their team? Logan, that's a tough one, man. The Heat. So I always, I always preface this by saying the Heat are one of those teams that I trust from top to bottom, organizationally to figure it out if there should be something wrong and get that thing pointed in the right direction. Um, I, I am a little worried about them, though. I mean, defensively, they they are who they are, right? They continue doing their things. But I think they're in an interesting place with that roster and offensively. And whose is it? Who's it going to be? Um, uh, you know, you've got young players in Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. Um, does Bam take that next step into stardom offensively? You know, what's Tyler ceiling as an offensive carrier of the load? Uh, where, you know, what are we going to get out of Kyle Lowry who, who, you know, you brought in and hasn't necessarily lived up to it all the way yet. Um, if that's fair and I'm a Kyle Lowry fan, where's, where's, you know, where's Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler is sneakily older than people think. Like how much of that does he have left? Um, and so I think they're trying to figure all of those things out. Uh, I'm concerned for them, but I, I ultimately would would say I think they get it right. I think it, it's fixed. I don't believe them to be a championship level team this year, but I do believe them at the end of the day to probably be a better than the average Eastern Conference team. They'll be fine. So when I see the Miami Heat, and again, this is 3,000 miles away and on television and watching, you know, I think that it's, it just seems like the, the Miami Heat are a race against time, right? Because at, no matter what they're doing this season, if they go to the playoffs, we already know what's going to happen. There's going to be an immense pe- pressure on Jimmy Butler, you know, provided he's healthy. Immense pressure on him to get the scoring done for them because what happens in the postseason? You have to you, – you, you need a primary ball handler, a primary scorer, and Jimmy Butler is the only one on that roster. So I just feel like every time I, I just see them, it's like 
they, it seems like they're the in the worst place you can be in the NBA, which is the middle. You know, they're going to be good teams. They're going to lose some curious games. They're going to be good teams because they play hard. But at what point do they? And I know Pat's not going to do this. The Miami Heat just don't do this. But at what point do they just say? We're gonna. We got to figure this out another way, and we're, we've kind of reached the end of the of the road with this group. And I don't know, like I don't know the contract situation. I don't know where I'm not over there, but it just seems from the, it just seems like a change at some point is going to have to be made, or or not, or shakeup. Some sort of shakeup is going to be needed on that roster for it to be championship level. I would agree. I would agree with you. Some of what you do as the Heat organization. Well, not some of it. Most of what you do is a reflection of Pat Riley and his competitiveness and Eric Spolstra's competitiveness. Um, I think that you can also, as a franchise, feel the pulse of your city and what they respect and and move accordingly. And, you know, Miami has this sneaky ability to have affection for teams like Philly does. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Where... yeah. Where no, and, and I mean there are other places that have it too. Utah's like this too. Like you ain't got to win a championship necessarily, but as long as you're pouring it out and we can see the blood like on the jersey at the end of the day, and we're scrapping and we overachieve. They to like a meat degree. potatoes, like take yeah, your fucking like, lunch to work type type. Miami teams. for all its glitz and glamour and the whole like LeBron and D Wade and Shaq and all and all of that's great too. We have that ability that Miami Knights type of Miami Vice feel, but they really do connect to to like. This the Heat team in a way yeah. that's that's interesting because I do believe you to be right. They need a. I've said this for a long time. I Jimmy Butler is fantastic, and and he almost got you to the to the finals last year. Um, and in the bubble they were in the finals, but I think you're going to come up a little short. And I don't know that that's absolutely fair to Jimmy Butler because when I remember Jimmy playing, I, I don't know that Jimmy wants to have to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I don't, that's, that's a lot. That load of just being consistent offensively 26 to 40 um, through a playoff grind when a team is scouting you and you got to see them every other night. Like that's real work and you're, and you're a full-time defender. I don't know that, that Jimmy loves that. And so now, you know, bam, is it about roughly 20 a game? Tyler Hero's an ascending player. He's at about 18 a game. Uh, Jimmy's at 20.9, but I don't know what the ceiling is on bam's offense. I don't know that he takes the torch and becomes that that guy. Tyler Hero seems more likely from a skill set perspective, if that makes sense, just because he can do more with the ball. But I don't know if he's consistent enough to to take that next step into hear what I'm saying. Not not like really really good NBA player, but you know what I'm talking about, Logan. Like elite, the guy, elite, elite, and that's yeah. a difference. There's a difference. There's there, a difference. You know, because this is um like don't get me wrong, man. Miami's a good team. But I just feel like they have a lot of really, really, really good pieces. But you need you need more than re- really, really good pieces. To It's like the Chicago Bulls syndrome. We talked about this in previous years, right? A team that's going to give you a hard out might win 50 games throughout the regular season. But it's a totally different ball game in the, in the, in the postseason. And I just see just – I guess that's just a roundabout way of saying I see that for the Cla- – I just see that for the for the heat going. No, forward. it's an it's an interesting comparison, but you know the Bulls. Um, yeah, except that the you know the Heat are more have more established culture and they have better coach. Yeah, for sure. So so you have uh, a higher you have a slightly higher ceiling. 
Yeah. Let's talk about um another team that I want to talk about is the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, who I like. We both love uh John Morant um and love what they got going. Um they're 12 and 8 at the moment. And I just feel, I, I guess my expectations for them, you know, you go through what you went through last season. I was expecting something along the lines of just like you know that goal to say 18 and 2 start? I was I was expecting something along the lines of that for this Memphis Grizzlies team. And they're a really good team and still probably are could and are gonna end up where they're supposed to be. They're still a Western Conference Finals contender. It's really early. But should I have been expecting that from that team? Just to, just that that blazing hot start to just show that, like, yo, I'm here after, especially after what they went through last year, talking about how. Yo, man, we deserve to be at this plat. If 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 Jordan Poole doesn't doesn't hit our guy's knee, however fair or unfair that is, we should be up in the mix, right? Right. Do you do you think that they am I over? Am I? Do they did they still have growing pains to have, or did I really just have too high of expectations at this point? Uh, I think it's a combination. Maybe maybe your expectations were a little high, but I think. You know what they've done over the last couple of seasons. It it, it was semi warranted. Like the, you you would have expected them if their trajectory stayed the same to take off, but but maybe a little high. And I think they're one of those cases of uh of maybe being a, a just a slightly ahead of schedule. So expectations are just maybe a little more um than 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 they're ready to accomplish. Um, I, I think that. Their team, from a age and experience perspective, they are so similar across the roster. You know, they're they're they're. How do I want to say this, man? I don't I don't know how to articulate articulate this. They don't. You know, I know they've brought in pieces and stuff, but they don't have a ton of guys that would help the younger players expedite their 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 um trajectory yeah their arc of 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 um experience right like you haven't been in this situation yet but i have so let me sit down over this meal and let's talk this out here's how this works like so it doesn't slap you in the face when it when it comes around the block like yo check it out i, I was there in uh, you know 20 you know 16 and 18 and and 2019 and so here's what that looks like and you know people take that for granted but that that type of stuff means a lot i've always referenced my vets when when I talk about my career and what they meant to me in, in in terms of being a pro. And not that any of those guys aren't pros. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think because they're so aligned in this window of time that they're all just learning together. They're all just kind of, you know, riding together and no one's kind of pulling them up out of and pulling them into the the to the to the type of stratosphere that you think they should be in right now. And I, I would have wanted that for them. Someone, someone like that. And so what happens is like they came back this year. And they just, you know, they forgot about defending. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, <laughs> straight they, up, yeah. They just forgot about fucking. They, you know, you start to put the cart before the horse. You forget about what, what was really important. And we're, we're all guilty of that in basketball. It's one of my biggest gripes. I, I, I go off on tangents about it all the time. What sells tickets? What I, what I see from the Memphis Grizzlies on Sports Center. No, seriously, Dunks. Dunks. I saw John Morant going up and then going under two people and scooping it on the other side. I see lobs. You know, that's all I see. I, don't I think see I'm sensing it. an AAU rant from Raja coming right now. So this is going to be an AAU rant. It's going to be a priority rant. 
And so what you forget about in the midst, in the midst of being this really, really good team that the world kind of falls in love with because there are all these highlights is what got you to be the good team that people yeah. would turn on the TV to watch to see the highlights. And what yep. that was, was your fucking defense. You know, it's, uh, you brought up something when you were talking just in terms of like having the, the middle vets, right? Like say like the 30 to 31 year old vet who can still play like, I think when, as soon as you said that, I just thought about Andre Iguodala. Like, yeah. not right now, but like Andre Iguodala seven, eight years ago. Sure. A guy like that, right? Sure. But it, every time I think about this Memphis team, I think about the Oklahoma City Thunder, like the, the back in the day, right? Who I, in my mind, obviously they had three future Hall of Famers on the team, right? It's totally different in that way. But I'm, but more of what I'm th saying in line of is when the, the Oklahoma City pr Thunder probably had as perfect of a rise as you can have, right? 2010, what do they do? They're, they're an A seed, push the eventual champion Lakers to the brink, right? Go to six games. That 2011 season, what do they do? They go to the Western Conference Finals, and I think they, lo they lose to the Dallas Mavericks that next year, right? Gradual mm -hmm. transition. What do they do the next year after that? They go all the way to the conference. They go, go go all the way to the finals. They lose it to Miami Heat, but that is the gradual thing that you want to see. But what did they have? And this is something that you brought up, Raja. They had the middle type of vets that you speak about. They yep. this that's why they traded um, Jeff Green for Kendrick Perkins. It wasn't because of just like talent versus talent. It's because you needed a guy in the locker room to, in your your eyes, just like pull these guys into into you know the next level and is that what you mean when you talk about like maybe that maybe there's a trade for the, the uh Memphis Grizzlies Absolutely. at some point right like there's something that they need to do maybe trade away a guy that you might think on paper this is kind of odd but you bring in another guy that can kind of just like hey guys sit down I'm the leader right here I'm gonna show you guys how to do this 100 um Steven Adams you know helps with that right I don't mean to discount yeah. how important he is uh but when you look at the rest of that roster, it's it's kind of a duplication of itself in terms of experience and and mm -hmm. and age. And so, yeah, you do need that. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Logan. And I, you know, I I've been reluctant to say it, but I do think they're a trade away from something. And you might have to give up, you know, one of one of the pieces. Uh, obviously, you, there's certain pieces you don't want to move, but you're going to need. That's that stability, man. Like, think about what CJ McCollum did when he got to New Orleans. Yep. You know, you had ascending, like John Moran is an ascending star. Soon enough, he's going to be a grizzled vet, right? Uh, Brandon Ingram was turning into that right before our eyes, but bringing in a, someone like CJ just helps him get there that much quicker. Mm -hmm. and, and and so I think that it, it's it's been discounted in the roster construction process at times. I don't know if that's a byproduct of the analytic wave of general managers, like guys that they came up, um, not necessarily on the court. They came up, you know, through video rooms and through learning the game from the other side of it. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but I'm, I'm just spitballing. Maybe, maybe there's, you know, when some guys tell you they go off a feel, and the analytic crowd says, ah, oh, it's not about feel, it's about the analytics. Well, it's really about a combination of the two. So maybe it's been discounted because they don't have the feel of, hey, man, I, I used to sit at dinner with Dikembe Mutombo, and yeah. he used to kick game to me over a meal in Atlanta. Or like, you know, Mike Finley, you know, taught me how to buy suits and talk to me about, 
you know, his time in the gym with Tim Grover and MJ on the plane and what their summers looked like. And so I could go home and model that, you know, to the best of my ability with Ain't my limited resources. Ain't it crazy how much game you can get in just like five minutes from Dog, Just like you're like, not, they're not, they're just, they're just spitballing. Maybe in a rant or event session or something, they just spitballing and then you just get like tons of game. You're getting gems, man. Walt Williams, Nick Van Exel, Aaron McKee, like dudes that were just real talk. <laughs> we're just looking out for a young buck. They didn't even know what that meant. And so I I just think it gets discounted in the roster construction process at times. And Memphis, it's a great call. They're probably a, a trade for a piece away. Like, you know who's a great name? And he's, he's Jay Crowder. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Grizzle I mean, vet. I don't, Grizzle vet kind of like, I say this with all the affection in the world, just nasty kind of, you know, yeah. would, would get down, grimy skilled, been there. Um, you He's know, also going like to have Jaws back if Jaws gets into a skirmish. Yeah. He's like, hold on, relax. You ain't going to do fuck with my teammate like that, right? right? Like, he's going to be one of the... So, the question of that is, when do you make such a move? Because you referenced New Orleans making a move, and they made that, that move for CJ midseason, right? Mm-hmm. And... It's a different scenario for that that Pelicans team because they weren't fully they didn't have their full squad and it was kind of one of those things where we're trading for CJ for next season, which is the season we're currently in now. We're waiting for Zion to come back, waiting for all these pieces to come back. For a team like Memphis, who has a lot more eyes on it than the Pelicans, and ever, which means a lot more moves are going to be scrutinized. When do you make that move? Do you make that move in the offseason? Do you make that move to this season to figure it out that way? What do you what do you do? Or I mean, yeah, what what goes into a trade like that and what's the timing on something like that? I don't have the answer for that necessarily. I think it's a feel within your organization. It's a it's a feel that the general manager and his his group of trusted people get from the interaction that the team is having with the coaches, you know, you're watching everything. Is the message still getting across? Is there still buy-in? Um, are our vibes still high? Like where, where are we at in this process? Cause I also talk about it being really hard to sustain and not necessarily get over that hump. You know, it's hard to sustain anything, but you know, it's, remember I, we talked about Quinn Snyder with the jazz. I think Quinn Snyder is a fantastic coach, but I also said that message is old, like that, you know, that style of play, they haven't got, they haven't gotten over the hump with it. And you can see now that it's old. So I'm watching all those things. If I'm, if I'm around that Memphis team and I don't have the answer as to whether it has to be now or in the off season or at the trade deadline, they'll, they should know when the time is right. And I would just, but today's NBA is they don't seem scared to pull deals and make trades and try to take a, a big swing. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid to do it. I do think I do think that you know if something good were to happen in this next you know tradable window here, um, I think that would be interesting. You know, I I, I, w- I wouldn't be afraid to do. It. I think it'd be really interesting for us, and I think. I think John Morant's ready, but I do think he needs a little a little help. I mean, the kid Bain is he's great, fantastic. But who, I mean, he's less experienced than Ja. Yeah. So, you know, I think you I think you I think you need to give them some help in that regard. Let's say a quick break and we're going to talk about another team that is taking a big swing and it's looking like a big miss. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident. It was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. 
But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. All right, Raja. So I watched one game yesterday. I watched highlights of one game yesterday. And it was the, the Timberwolves versus the Warriors. And we already talked about the Warriors side of it. Let's talk about the Timberwolves side of this situation. So, Raja, you know, the Timberwolves are currently 10 and 10. And this is a team that traded a boatload of picks for one Rudy Gobert and then told us this was, you know, this is their title window which was news to everyone in the league because we didn't know that they had a window in ge- in general right now, but they said, this is the, we're going to give up all these picks and all these players to get Rudy Gobert. We're going to put him alongside Carl Anthony Towns and put him alongside this, this group. And this is going to give us a championship. Right. Um, and on the surface, it looked like, this was a team just got uh, got bought by uh, Alex Rodriguez and his group, and it it had all the the fixings to me of a new group just trying to make a splash in any way they can, and they were going to make a new deal. They were going the first deal that came that seemed promising. They were going to take it, and I don't care how they spin it. It just has not worked out, and. The, the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't winning a championship. They're not getting anywhere close to it. They just don't have the infrastructure. Why do you... What is there a trend here with new ownerships? Or is there... What do you see as to why they would make a move like this? And now that we're a few months in, do you think that there's any... any, any chance that the, the, the Timberwolves can right this ship? Um... Yeah, this is going to be a short segment. It was a dumb move. <laughs> we all know that, right? It was a stupid, it was a stupid move. Like that, you didn't. I don't have a great answer as to why they did it. Um, you know, I've always told Steve Kerr said to me once when he came in and he told me about having this small window of opportunity to kind of affect change when you take over something, and yeah. if you if you miss that, and so maybe they were thinking along those lines. Uh, I don't. I don't know how you thought Rudy Gobert was necessarily the the answer there. I I don't know. I don't know. I They've got a couple pieces that they have to figure out. Um 
that they have to figure out how to make work together at a super high level. And they're already, mm-hmm. they're on their way. They're on their way. I mean, it was a nice little story last year. And you know, I think Carl Anthony Towns numbers are a little bit down, but you know, Anthony Edwards are slightly up. And so they're fine. Like we have to figure that out. And then, and then there's just work, there's just work to do. I mean, they're just not there yet. So I, I guess, I guess what, what they tried to sell you on was the, the problem was they're trying to sell you on them being closer to something than they are. I'm not saying it's a tragedy or anything like that. You just ain't where you said you were going to be like, that's not that move. Didn't get you as close to a championship as you, as a, as a, as a franchise tried to sell us on. It just felt like, and we know this, uh, it just felt like they were lying to us, but yeah. more, more importantly though, it felt like the Timberwolves were lying to themselves. Like they were just blatantly just just t- like lying to because it was just very clear that this was not going to, going to happen. What and it just seemed like it was a pattern overall, right? Because you know you already have Carl Anthony Towns, who's a really good player. I don't know if he, he's I don't know if he's elite, but I think he's a really good player, right? Then you trade for D'Angelo Russell. You trade for D'Angelo Russell. Trade Andrew Wiggins for that piece, right? And then. Just to appease Carl Anthony Towns, and then you you draft Anthony Edwards, who duh, you draft Anthony Edwards. He's one of the best. He's still cold, right? And it just seemed like the Timberwolves just lacked patience. And I know that in this league, you can't have much patience. You know, you you got if a deal's in front that you feel like is going to happen, these deals don't come around a lot. You know, you have to make a move. But how much patience? is needed in today's NBA when you're trying to build a team? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of patience is needed, Logan. You're going to, you know, the the balance between the patience and trying to win is is the sweet spot. Like, that's what you're trying to figure out because you have to have some level of patience um, to let things materialize. Like, see, I like, I you know, I like some of the things. Like, I like Bryn Forbes. And I, I like Kyle Anderson. Like I liked pieces like that for 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 them. I didn't I didn't like giving up everything to get Rudy Gobert. But I mean, what I, I guess what I'm saying is I wasn't aside from the Rudy Gobert and independent of the Rudy Gobert. I wasn't I wasn't all the way mad at what they were doing. Like I wasn't I. It wasn't like I couldn't see what they were trying to do. It's just not it's just not producing in the way you would have hoped if you were them. And so you have to be patient with that because that doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean that something right around the corner might not unlock that potential. I don't know what it is. I mean, but you can't just be knee jerk all over the place, right? And just keep putting, you know, good money after bad. And now you're digging a deeper and deeper hole. At some point, you got to sit back and say, all right, this is what it looks like. Let's let's watch it for a while. Let's let's take the long approach to this, right? And let's really figure out a good solid plan. Instead of just kind of trying to slap tape on every little hole that springs up, you know, let's repair it. And so, you know, but we're talking about stability of franchise now. And I've often talked about dysfunction starting from the top. And when I talk about that, there are a few franchises in the NBA that are at the tip of my tongue. Historically, Minnesota has been one of them. And you know, I just I'd be really interested to see after that move you made last summer for Rudy Gobert, what ownership does this summer coming up? Like, what are you guys going to do around the trade deadline? What are you going to do this summer coming up? Raj, I got news for you. You just got hired 
um, got a stupid bag from the Minnesota Timberwolves. She's got hired as their their uh, VP of basketball operations. Yeah. You know? Somehow they let you stay in Miami and just work remote. <laughs> but you know, you you are you are um, you've now just been hired. What is your first move? Yeah, that's not fair, man. Because like I don't know what they're. I don't know anything about their cat. What's Rudy Gobert? I'm trying to look at Rudy Gobert's deal right now. Like he's. I don't know, dude. Don't do that to me. That's tough, man. I don't know. <laughs> right, right now, I don't have many moves to make. Like Rudy's locked up. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, you know, you're like, I'm cool. I'm gonna stay in Miami. Is what you yeah, just said. I don't yeah, want that I'm job. good. I'm cool. I don't okay. want that job. Um, you know, I th- I think though that the one thing you're gonna have to take a look at, if I'm being honest, is 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 what Carl Anthony Towns could command out there. Like, what yep. does he look? What does he look like um, on the market? I mean, and, I will say this. There has been, like, a lot of talk around the league just about, you know, I don't think, I don't know if it's going to happen, but this is just more of just, like, observers in the league, not necessarily Minnesota in general. But observers in the league, are, I've heard multiple people just be like, yo, man, just trade everyone and build around Ant. Just, just like, just start new, and it's fine. Just figure it out from there. Because I think that, the Timberwolves are caught between like two eras right now. You know, Carl Towns has been there for a minute, hasn't really done much. He's gotten like a couple of playoff appearances. Um, but there has just been talk around the league of just like, oh man, why don't you just start over? Like you guys have a new, a new, you have this guy who's clearly good and, and Anthony Edwards and has this, this talent. Why don't you just do that? Yeah. But I mean, I could see that. And I mean, I get, but then you had the perfect opportunity. You were brand new. No, you really didn't. They put you between a rock and a hard place because they were in the playoffs last year. So you can't come in yeah. as new ownership and say, hey, guess what, guys? We're taking it down to the studs. They're like, what? We were just, we're in the playoffs. So you were kind of stuck. You made the move. You got fleeced by damn Danny Ainge again. Another. Damn like, it. Danny damn Ainge it. is out there. Like, <laughs> Danny Ainge should be on some wanted posters out there somewhere. He's swindling. Um, yeah. But, uh, now, now you are where you are. Now, I mean, in a vacuum, I don't want Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want Rudy Gobert. But again, like only having spent one year in the front office and not knowing the, the contractual details and stuff, I don't know how you. I don't know how you move that. I don't know who wants Rudy Gobert at the price that you're going to probably be asking because of what you had to give up to get him. Can you dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So that would have. But but then yeah, I mean, I'm looking at what. I'm not saying I have to move Carl Anthony Towns, but I'm looking at to see what that looks like. I mean, he's still a really good player. To your point, maybe not elite, but you know, Andrew Wiggins was supposed to be elite when they when they drafted him. He didn't wind up being elite, but he was a integral part to a championship run on a very That doesn't good team look that, great. That doesn't look great for your team if somebody you trade away just flourishes in the way that Wiggins has flourished. Well, yeah, that's that's, that's an indictment on. It's all, it's he's good, been so good that you almost forget that he was a Timberwolf, right? Like he's he's clearly established in another organization and to play. Oh, like oh yeah, he did play for the Timberwolves before this, right? <laughs> right, but <laughs> but Cat Cat might be able to do that too. Cat might be able yeah. to be a piece that a team is is out there just salivating, you know, and licking their chops in an opportunity to get because he pairs great with something they got, and then boom, you're you're moving. So. I mean, that's probably what I do. That's a, you know, I don't like to talk about Minnesota, bro. I, don't know. I know it's fine. I want to. I want. I got a little, a little, a little tiff real quick that I got to get off my chest mm-hmm. before we get out of here. You a fan of Atlanta, right? 
Yeah, you love Atlanta. I'm a, let's let's go down to Atlanta real quick. Let's go kick it. Let's go to Hartsfield. Let's go to yeah. Hartsfield Airport. Let's go. You know, little, little Delta Pass. But um, so I'm watching the game, the Hawks game. Actually, I'm not watching the Hawks game. Kerm sends me this clip because Kerm is the greatest, and he sends me this clip basically of just like how Dejounte Murray, um, like the Hawks are up. 10 on the on the Rockets, who I just love the Rockets as a bad team. They're one of my favorite bad teams. <laughs> I love watching them play. Um, right. But DeJounte Murray, like, is high side and they're up 10, throws a um throws a pass to uh to Trey Young. They hit a three. They're doing they're up 16. They're 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 talking big shit like they've done something, you know, and all of a sudden. Kevin uh, Porter and uh, Jalen Green all get into it with um, with Trey and Dejounte, who just look arrogant as ever. Just look very, just like yo, we're we're the kings in this. You guys are just little homies, you know. You guys don't know, yeah, y'all don't know nothing about this league, right? Y'all, y'all little, y'all small. We the best team. We gonna go in and close this out. Except the Rockets went on a run and beat the Atlanta Hawks, <laughs> right? And I just. I just get so annoyed with the Hawks sometimes because I just feel like they have they have so much talent and they just get in their own way with their arrogance and I don't I didn't like what I saw there Raja I don't like I don't like what I see out of Atlanta bro like I feel like they could be so much better than they are but there's just so much just either infighting or weirdness going on I, it's just a team that I just I I just get constantly disappointed in okay what um what what are you telling me something like I I I mean, I've, I've always, I haven't necessarily felt like that about the Hawks, but they've always been a team for me that it's just a solid NBA team. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. I think your frustration is that what you're saying, what you're saying is like, if you got to be better than that, if you're going to have that much attitude and shit talking on your team, but we live in a day and age where like, it's all shit talking and attitude. Why do every okay you you're out you're out here and this is not even a Hawks thing but you're like you're out here in these in these AAU streets in these in these and L- allow me allow me I apologize okay, okay allow okay. me I'll, okay. allow me let me allow me um <clears throat> I have a young high school basketball team yes you do they're young um very young my best player wasn't here this weekend. So my young basketball team went into their first game thinking they were a lot better than they were. Um, we, and we lost that. We didn't execute anything that we worked on, you know, for the whole preseason. No, I shit you not like nothing, absolutely nothing. We look like we had never played basketball before, but some of that is you're young. Right. And so hopefully when I get you back in practice the next day, we can, we can realize, Hey, Hey, we were, we thought we were a little better than we were. Let's put our nose back down and let's get back to work. But no, 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 not us. We, we were in there to use a Logan term, cat and off, like um, just acting like we were these world beaters. So what I did was said, hey, listen, guys, I have a really good AAU team. You know, they're in the eighth grade. I'm going to bring them in the scrimmage, y'all. Oh, you ain't, no, you ain't going to do that. No, you ain't So yeah, I brought, I brought them in on Saturday, hired some refs, got after it. We beat them. Our eighth, our eighth grade team beat them. So well, you hired some refs already? That's oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go we ahead. were in there this okay, weekend. Yeah. My, my okay. eighth grade team did their thing. But I, I, you know, we've worked with them for a long time, and a lot of them have bought in. So it was good, yeah. a good thing. So after the game, I, I'm talking to my son Ty, and he's like, "Hey, Dad, those kids were talking so much shit." And I said, "What?" I was like, "Ty, you the team that you just beat, like 
the kids, they were talking shit to you the entire game. Uh -huh. He said, dad, they like, and he named a few kids. I won't say any names, but this is to, to support what you're saying in the midst of being beaten by a younger squad. These cats was running their mouths. I couldn't for the life of me get over it. It haunted me all night. Like I drank multiple bourbons thinking about that shit. Like they were really out there. That's how much work I have to do as a coach. I've clearly failed them, but <laughs> but you're you're out there talking shit in the process of getting beat, Raja. I just I just I, I'm a little younger than you, all right, a lot younger than you. But I just thought that there were rules to the game, Raja. I just thought that there were just rules to be followed. You know, like not necessarily just you know the unwritten rules I'm talking about, dog. You know what about I mean, codes. man. Codes are a thing of the past. I thought there was codes, bro. Like if you're you know, a team that hasn't done anything before, you you can't really talk shit like that, you know? And if you do talk shit to a young team, like y'all not here yet, at least win the game. Look, when, yes, I subscribe This is to just where I'm at. This is just where I'm, I'm just, I, maybe I'm getting old, starting to get old and washed, which is fair. We, this is, we're no. we all getting old. But I just feel like there was just, there's just, you know what There's I hate? Rules oh, out here, let's bro. go on this AAU shit. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Do not. And it happens in every gym I walk into. But I can't believe it, bro. I get so angry. Why are you out here throwing threes to your dome after you hit a three and you're down 27? Bruh. What the fuck Bruh. are you doing? Like, That's, I, no, you know what it is? It's what are we, we doing? Only, we, it goes back to your old point, bro. We only, we don't ever show highlights of the charges anymore bro we don't ever show highlights of man i don't know winning winning plays don't winning have to plays, be a charge bro. winning plays should be highlighted yeah we saw the dunk but we also saw like what we saw when we watched the tv we saw the dunk you had but also we saw you miss like three or four backdoor cuts in a row I'm sorry, man. I'm just I, I'm, no. I know we get to back here, but I was upset. just really I was just really pissed off about this. Like, I, Kerm, OG Kerm had this as like the top of the show, right? Like, was like talking about this, and I didn't know if I wanted to get into it just yet, right? Because I just didn't want to unlock this out, right? It's November. We're getting into the holiday season, holiday cheer. But fuck that, man. We let me let it some, all out. We, I'm need, go we off, need to I'm get a, back. There we go. I'm going go on here one more. Go. I'm going go on one Let's more. Let's get it. Right. Let's get it. It's the celebratory, like I'm down 27 and I'm celebrating this this meaningless jump shot. Like um, it's the most individual. With no pressure. Yeah, it's the most individual um, F my team, I'm selfish type of move ever. But everyone does it. Um, the, 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 the shit talking when, when you're losing and consistently getting roasted and you're still running your mouth. Like I didn't talk shit to anybody. Like I, I had a couple moments where like I would, like if I was into it with you, I might nose to nose with you and run my mouth, but I wasn't an incessant you shit was all, talker. Here, this oh, is, you this is the thing. Now, and this is what you were around. And this is just based on clips that I've seen. You was just ready at all times for the smoke. Not necessarily, it wasn't a, it wasn't an argumentative, like somebody sent me, I'm, I don't know who it was. Shout out to you for sending this to me and putting this in my mentions of Raja in a 2010, 2011 game against Kobe. And like, he's literally just knows that it's Kobe. And he literally says, you know, who the fuck I am. Woo, I've woo. seen that That's clip. That clip's been going around Twitter. Right. And like, I'm the butt of a lot of jokes because Kobe gave me, Kobe didn't know who I was. But what people don't know about that is the the night before, um, I think that game that was, I had the night before Kobe and I had talked and, you know, when we got to the game that day, we, we had talked a lot. Like we were sharing some stories. We were having a good time. And 
when we got into that game, shit went sideways pretty quick. So it wasn't like... You, you know, guys were buds at that point. Yeah, we were happened. cool. <laughs> but it just got sideways real quick. You know what I mean? So like there was a little more to that story. But let me tell you the last thing. Yes, I was... I, so I played with an underdog spirit at all times. It was the only way I could survive, right? So like I had to always be on edge, feeling disrespected, um, feeling like I other people didn't think I was good enough. It's what fueled me. So that's kind of the way you you see me in every clip you ever see with me playing basketball because that's the way I learned how to survive out there. But the other thing that really bothers me about young basketball players, and I've got a my young son, Zen, who's on a fifth grade team. And you know, I don't have anything to do with their team other than sitting in the stands and watching, right? And so I can have my opinions and, you know, I sit there and cheer for them and so on and so forth. And then I'm around these little jokers like an hour later, they're either in my car or they're over at the house or whatever. And it's uh, like, if if my dad will show up to the house or one of my homies comes over and they ask him how the game goes, oh, I had 18. How the fuck do you know how you had 18? How'd you know that? <laughs> How'd you know that? You, sh- you shouldn't know that. If you're really hooping, you shouldn't know that. Like, and I hate the score. You check the box score in like in the pros or in, or in, or in like college, maybe high school. You're checking a box score in a raggedy ass fifth grade AAU game. That means you ran over to the scores table after the game. That, that shows where your priorities are, right? Like that's what's on your mind as the game winds down. I got to get over there and get a look at how many buck- buckets I got. Or worse, You've been counting them shits the whole game. I think that's the most selfish thing. I think I cringe every time a kid can tell me how many points they got. Real talk. I think it's shitty. And on my teams, I don't give no, I don't give out MVP awards. I don't give out all tournaments. Any tournament director who's ever come to me over the last seven years will tell you, I don't do any of that shit because all it does is promote individuality and anti-team like uh, um, feelings. And I'm not into that. Like, I think that shit should be it's your team should be your focus, bro. Keep your head down and let's hoop. Sorry. Let's hoop, man. No, no, no. Let's hoop, man. That is the story of this Monday Reels. We're back. Let's fucking hoop, man. All right. We'll see you guys. That's been another edition of Monday Reels, okay? All right. So another edition of Monday Reels. We're back twice a week. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Keep it locked, man. Make sure you check us out Mondays and Thursdays. We'll see you guys later in the week, man. Holla. Holla.